Hey, this is Gordon from the Riff Radio Show Podcast, a radio show dedicated to the music of Generation X. We release a new show every Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, and we play music from the 70s, 80s, and 90s, and we take your requests. And unlike the old days when you had to wait forever to get your request on your favorite radio show, I always put your requests on our Saturday morning all-request episode. All you have to do is click the link in the show notes of any episode and request a song. The Riff is only available on Spotify, so head on over today and subscribe. The Riff, only on Spotify. Hey everybody, I get this question a lot, so I'm going to go ahead and answer it right now. Uh, what is Sci-Fi Super Show? Well, science, it's science fiction, superheroes, some fantasy stuff. Basically, contents from movies, TV, books, comic books. If you have a topic or an idea you think we should cover in the podcast, or you see something cool online you want to share with some like-minded friends, then uh, come on down to Sci-Fi Super Show on Facebook. Check us out. Welcome to Our Certain Point of View, where your hosts, Jim and Tim, will bring you new weekly discussions about the Star Wars universe. Our Certain Point of View is a fan-based podcast and has no connections with Disney, Lucasfilm, or any of their subsidiaries. Guys, this is Shasta, your former producer, and I'm just now watching Mandalorian, and it is amazing. Hello, everyone, and welcome to tonight's exciting episode of Our Certain Point of View. I'm Jim. Hello there. I'm Tim. And you actually heard, uh, Tim hasn't heard this yet, <clears throat> only I have, because I've taken over the engineering duties from our former engineer. He uh, was the first to leave us an audio message on Anchor. Um, so if you check the show notes, we have this new feature. We just started last week. And Shasta Mandalorian Mangold Gordon was the first to leave us a message, so he got in there first. So, uh, yeah, Tim hasn't heard it, but uh, I'm putting that soundbite at the beginning of the show. Uh, that's also his show, The Riff, that's advertised at the beginning. Check it out. It's fantastic. Uh, it's really cool because he gets he gets uh, these music requests from literally all over the world. Um, and it's really cool to see what... You know what different people remember because it's a it's a Gen X thing, uh, so it kind of focuses on music from the late '80s and and '90s. Um, so it's interesting, like when you hear from someone from say like he had a guy from South Africa, uh, you know, like what he thinks of when he thinks of uh, '80s music, and a person from New Zealand who uh, you know named a band is like this was the big band in the in New Zealand. It's like I never heard of them, um, <laughs> but it's so cool because it was good music. Um, so it's, it's, I, the, the guy has, I think he stumbled on something here because, um, if you have Spotify premium, which I don't have, you hear the entire songs. So when people, if, as long as they're on Spotify, which 99% of them seem to be, um, so yeah, I can't speak highly enough of the riff. It's just a great show. It's like the old days of Casey Kasem, only it's Gordon. Um, he, he's counting them down for you one at a time. Um, yeah. it, it's cool stuff, man. Yeah. Well, and I want to say, um, and it's funny cause the way you said it versus what I'm going to say, um, I do have Spotify premium. So when I listen to them, my shows are a bit lengthier, but the show is only on Spotify, but you don't have to have Spotify premium to listen to it. You'll just yeah. get snippets of the songs. 
Yeah, um, which if is... you catch something you really like, you can either get premium or jump over to YouTube and, you know, you have to grab an ad or something, but you can always listen to the songs that way. But well, you don't have the... to have premium to listen to the podcast. I think exactly. what I wanted to... Yeah, thank you for pointing that out, because I don't have Spotify premium, but I listen to his podcast every week. I also listen to the Sci-Fi Super Show on premium, or excuse me, on Spotify, but I don't have premium, um, which is very fun. My my Uncle Jimmy apparently called into the show, um, yeah, so you yeah. might want to check that out. Uh you might not. I'm warning you. Papa Bear's kind of missing right now. We're hoping he'll show up any minute now. But uh, yeah, he uh, he got a phone call from my Uncle Jimmy. So the Sci-Fi Super Show is worth looking at. But yeah, that Spotify thing, I do want to I'm sorry to take you know time from our certain point of view in Star Wars talk to talk about this, but I, I'm really fascinated by this. So I think Gordon's really stumbled on a really cool idea here. It's a call-in radio show uh so and he runs this thing i think four times a week and uh yeah it's basically you call and say this is what i want to hear and then you get to listen to a radio program from music you know selections from all over the world uh he has theme days so like it's metal monday to try to get you going it's all request saturday i can't remember the other themes i think it's college rock thursday um I, I it, it's just really cool, and like Tim said, I don't have Spotify Premium, so I'll hear snippets of songs, and you'll it's it's hilarious. Like I, because like one of the requests I made was Six Feet Underground by the Sneaker Pumps, which to me is a song that just kind of ends up in my playlist as I move from one audio device to another for the last fifteen years. So to me, that's not like a deep cut or a lost track. But I sent that request in, and Gordon's like, "Oh man, I hadn't heard of that one in forever." Uh, so. It's a really cool way to kind of remember music. Um, and yeah, now I, I'm seriously considering getting Spotify Premium just to get that, but uh, to listen to that program in its entirety. But usually what happens is if I hear a song I like, I, the, the song, the, the music uh, system I use is the YouTube Music. Um, that's I, because it was Google Music and then it became YouTube Music, so I just stuck with it. Um, so usually I just go straight over to that app, find the song, and then add it to my library. But anyway, I think we've plugged Gordon quite enough today. But what is it? What are we doing today, Tim? Isn't it March 19th and we're recording on a Friday? Wow, I've not only lost Papa Bear, I've lost Tim too. I would like to take this moment to say uh, happy birthday, Finn. We said this on Wednesday's Force Lore Comics. That's another thing we should probably plug while we're here is uh, Force Lore Comics is a uh, podcast we've been doing. We're doing it separately, but I think we're going to go ahead and add it to uh, our Certain Point of Views catalog. So you sh will probably start seeing um, two weekly podcasts show up. Wednesdays are going to be dedicated to recapping the comics. And I highly recommend if you are really into Star Wars lore, the story, knowing where and why things happen, um but you don't have time or, or maybe you don't have interest in listening to comics, go, go, you know, go ahead and check out Force Lore Comics, the podcast. And we try to tell you, hey, here's important things to the Star Wars universe uh, that happened in the comics. The comics are canon. So if you want to be like me and be that guy online who's like, well, no, the reason why this happened was because of this, and I know it because it was in this comic. If you want to, I do want to be that guy. Um, yeah, Force Lore Comics is a way to get that information. Tim, are you back yet? Yeah. Oh, well, we knew you were gone, but uh, it gave me a chance to plug Force Lore Comics and how we're going to try to combine it with this show. Um, yeah, but it's going to be awesome. I think we're going to have a lot of fun with that, and I think you probably said all the stuff I was going to say about it, so exactly. I'm going to see and find out. 
Um, did you uh, say that but, we're going to take the original three episodes of Force Lore Comics and go ahead and put them right in so they're going to show up right after this one? and then? Uh... Oh, I did not. I just said that there'd probably be two releases a week, but you know, one would be Force Lore Comics and one would be our certain point of view. Yeah, um, you'll also find it's a much shorter podcast than this one, typically. Yes. <laughs> so that, that's good yeah. or bad, depending on your point of view. Um, Absolutely. Our certain point of view is uh, the show. All right. Yeah. Today we're going to do, in celebration um, here in the United States, I don't know if it's international, it's uh, it's Women's History Month. Um, this kind of makes me feel bad because we didn't do anything particular for Black History Month last month. And I am a historian, and so, like, I, I, I'm actually a big supporter of these themed history months. Um because the truth is there's so much history that's lost, especially with any sort of uh, minority that's experienced any, uh, and believe me, I'm not a guy to get up on a pedestal, but just any any sort of oppression in history, a lot of times their history is kind of lost. So I, I do love themed history uh, months. Um, the, I'll tell one you the what. Co- yeah. We got February next year. We'll still be here. Yeah, we'll be around. We'll we'll have we'll to sure we'll have happens. to keep that in mind. I'm not sure how Black yeah. History Month. I, I guess we'll just be you know noting uh, African American. Well, not even African American. Just um, the the director who is from Africa uh, who came to America. Um, his last name yeah. who's I, well, I can never say. But yeah, we, there are a lot of uh, people from all different backgrounds that have contributed to Star Wars, and it would be neat to kind of. Maybe, I don't know. Anyway, we're talking about women and tonight. I think I think we've had a lot of that conversation. I think we did last month, too. Um, and we've talked about the, you know, one of the beautiful things about Star Wars in its, in its, almost in its indifference and in the way that anybody who views even different species as, as lower class are clearly shown as, as evil in the show. Like Leia like, with, with, with Wookiees. With, like Leia. Um, with Wookiees. We'll Get this walking carpet out of my way. Yeah. That whole well, thing. she's just she's doesn't just doesn't give him a uh, doesn't we, give him a medal. We talked about that in the comic book. I'd rather kiss a Wookiee. She loves, she loves Chewbacca. Yeah, I um I can arrange that. You could she was use being sincere. Kiss. She would really have rather kissed a Wookiee. We we talked about this. That's oh, what she on. wanted. That, that's not how those. That's not how that insult works. I mean, if I were to say I'd rather kiss Tom Hardy, well, there's no moment on earth where I wouldn't rather kiss Tom Hardy. Let's be honest. Wait a minute, did See? I say that out loud? Anyway, what are we doing? Um, what are we doing? So first the news, though. Um, first the news. First the news. So we're going to talk about other stuff, and you know, because um, we've only been recording for 15 minutes and haven't gotten to our point yet, but that's okay. That's okay. It's kind of my fault. I walked away because um, I had a, my youngest child was was having trouble getting off to bed. We record sometimes at nighttime, and. Now you're taking my more youngest time. was going off to bed. No, it's important. It's relevant. Um, <laughs> my, my child is celebrating a birthday, Yay. and uh, that brings us to our first piece of news this week. One of our Star Wars actors. Celebrated I mentioned a that John Boyega's birthday was Wednesday, and that's actually how I got on the topic of Force War Comics when you walked away. Oh, that I okay. said if well, you, there it you is. wanted to say happy birthday to uh, to All John right, Boyega so... on uh, Force War Comics. Yeah, and I want to make sure I say it here too. So happy birthday, John Boyega. Happy birthday, Finn. Yeah. FN, and, uh, what's his number? FN, FN 2187. <laughs> I knew you'd know. Yeah. All right. Any other news? So happy birthdays. Uh, yeah, it's going to be awesome. Um, there's some kind of, and I, I have no idea what this is. This just showed up, and it's it said it, apparently it showed up yesterday on StarWars.com, and I haven't even read it. I'm just... Yeah. 
a little excited about it, but it says it kicked off today. Yeah. I think it's a March Madness style. Um, I think it's just voting and preferences for Lego Star Wars minifigures. Like, which ones do you like the most? Huh. Um, like Ahsoka Tano minifigure versus the um, Luke Skywalker from uh, Tatooine in Episode Four, and Lando versus Boba Fett, Emperor Palpatine versus Captain Phasma. Well, that. Huh. Phasma was cool, but uh, I'm hoping the Phasma... Because they're Phasma comics. Phasma was cool. The Phasma comics were were better. She is ruthless. I I was hoping there would be some sort of redemption for that because she looks like such a cool character. Yeah, Um, and it it gives you some of that, but she's just like, oh, I'm the toughest. Well, okay, I surrender. Um, So yeah, I I didn't like what they did (laughs) with that either. In a trash can. Um... Speaking of women of Star Wars, there's one. Um, yeah. Other news. We should probably take a second to talk about, I know it's not Star Wars related, but it's Disney related, the release of uh, uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier happened today. No, I Disney haven't watched Plus. it yet. So I have, so I'm going to spoil the heck out of it. And here's the spoiler. Are you ready? It's, it's, it's darn good. That's all yeah. the spoiling I'm going to do. Um, no, my daughter and I watched it. it. It was, I want to say it was around 45 minutes long, not including in credits. And, uh, there wasn't a minute of it where I wasn't pretty much glued to the TV. <laughs> um, I, I've never, I was telling Tim this offline. I've never been a, uh, it's not that I'm not a fan of Falcon or Winter Soldier. It's just, I, I don't know anything about them. I, they were never in any of the comics I collected as a kid. Uh, my first introduction of both characters was in the, the new Marvel movies. Um, so I'm, I'm actually, after this first episode, I'm really excited to get to know both of them because, uh, they, they did a great job with this intro episode of like going, okay, I, I, now I want to know about Falcon and I want to know about Winter, Winter Soldier is always kind of interested in just because of his connection with Captain America, like they're being the same age, but, um, yeah, so I'm excited about it. So you got something to look forward to there, Tim. Yeah, thanks. And, uh, if anybody is... Um, and I'm going to say this, but of course, support your local comic book stores and go by there. But if you are a Marvel Unlimited subscriber, um, Do it. when you get on to Marvel Unlimited, the uh, the top, uh, the, the thing they have scrolling across the top, yeah. uh, character close-up on the Falcon, character close-up on Winter Soldier, on Sharon Carter, and then they start here for Falcon and Winter Soldier. So like some of the old comic books, um, which they may or may not be, I assume they're sampling from the from something that happened before, but venturing off into, you know, their own thing, kind of like Avengers did. Um, speaking of Avengers, apparently there's an Avengers video game coming out. I don't know anything else about Ooh. it, but that there's one coming out because I didn't look any farther into Dude, it. Dude, I played uh, I played Battlefront two today and Squadrons. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't played either of those in forever. That's yeah. sad. Um, I know it's, well, sweet. it's tough to get onto the video games. All right, last piece of news is. Uh, the fan favorites black series. Um, there is it's a really cool like um, book type black series case. So there's a uh, you open it up and you can see the black series inside, and it's got the uh, Imperial Guard, which I love. Uh, Darth Maul, who we all love. Yeah. Uh, Luke Skywalker. I think it's Dagobah. Luke Skywalker. No, it can't be Dagobah. It's heir to the Wait, Empire. He's all muscly. Yeah. Sorry. Um, he's got his green lightsaber and everything. Um, but he's wearing that same, like, cut-off T-shirt. And yeah. uh, I forget who he is, but the, the rabbit, the rabbit-looking guy. There's a rabbit-looking guy? 
Yeah, I always forget who he is and where he's from. I can, I like, I, for the life of me, I can never remember. He's from Star Wars Adventures. His name is apparently Jackson. J-A-X-X-O-N. I have no idea who or what you were talking about. Um, All right, well, like anyway. Oh, I have a request for the audience. Um, Yay. Hey, audience. So we do have a link uh, to leave us a voicemail on our show page. I am, I'm, I'm big into, like, hobbies, uh, like handmade stuff. Like, I, I, I work on cars, I work on motorcycles, I, I do wood carving. I, I, I just I like, like working too. on my, Well, I just like working on my hands. But here's my new thing. I am. I want a Star Wars model that's not going to break the bank. In other words, like, oh, there's this Millennium Falcon. It's it's nine hundred and eighty dollars. I, I can't afford that. So I'm looking for something maybe under a hundred dollars, but like a quality Star Wars build. Now Tim's probably got some recommendations, but I'd love to hear some audience recommendations too. So if you want to leave us a voicemail at the you know at the link on its show page uh, notes, or send us an email at our certain uh, view at gmail.com or contact us on our Facebook page or whatever. Uh, but I would love to hear like some of some other people's ideas. I was looking at Poe Dameron Starfight, um, you know, X-wing. Um, looks really cool. It's a snap together model, and I, I haven't built models since I was a little kid. But I'm I'm looking for something a little bit challenging and maybe that I got to paint. I don't know. Um, but I'd love to hear some ideas. So I that have was suggestions. My... I'll go click on the button. I I knew you would. Uh, <laughs> I, I I know. Well, I know the area you live in. I know a store and a shelf you can go to to, to without to get an idea. Maybe I don't yeah, know we might have to do a field trip. All right, yeah. let's do countdowns, shall we? Unless you got more news. I do not. Let's get into countdowns. We're we're all right. Fifty-two days until Star Wars Day, which is also going to be the release of the Bad Batch. Now, Bad Batch. So that's a Tuesday, May the fourth. And like you predicted, I also agree. I think they're going to start releasing them on Fridays after that. I don't know though. With this Falcon and Winter Soldier, I don't know. Is that run going to end right before Bad Batch? It seems like it. It's going to be close. So it. I don't know because there's. If if not, then they would both be Friday releases, which maybe that's how they like it. Is this going to be another like one of those deals where you and I get up at like four in the morning and watch it so that no one can spoil it and so we can talk about it later, like that's we do what with I'm Mandalorian? Do for sure. Huh? I said that's what I'm going to do for sure. I think so too. My daughter loves the Clone Wars, but. <laughs> I don't know if she's going to be willing to do the 4 a.m. for this one. Uh, it's not actually 4 a.m. We get up at, well, like 5.30. Um, but anyway, that's, up, uh, that's 52 days here. away to Bad Batch. Uh, Star Wars uh, Lego The Skywalker Saga will be re- released May 31st, uh, 79 days away. Life. I'm trying to go through this quick because I've been rambling so much. You can Life go through it quick, but I'm going to pause you anyway. Oh. According to IMDb, and there's no information here. I'm not spoiling anything. According to IMDb, episode one is being released May fourth. Episode two, May seventh. So you're right. Three, yeah. May fourteenth. Um, so this is according to IMDb. It's not for sure, so but every Fridays. other time they've said something like this, they were they were spoiler. It, so <laughs> I'm thinking that we're gonna get those Friday releases. So we are gonna have a special edition uh, episode, which will probably yeah. release the first one. Either. Yeah. I guess we'll maybe we'll May try 4th. to set up a Star Wars day because. Yeah, we should have a, a, a release on May 4th anyway. Yeah. yeah. All right, so 178 days until uh, Life Day Treasury, Holiday Stories from a Galaxy Far, Far Away is released, and that will be released on September 7th. 
Unfortunately, the Mandalorian original novel was dropped from our countdown because it was dropped from reality. Um, the next one after that your is... numbers are wrong. I'm looking at what's here and it wouldn't allow me to update it. Oh, I just hit update. I don't know why I didn't let you update it. The numbers are 46 for Star Wars Day, not 52. Ooh, 73 for the Skywalker Saga. Everything is uh, is six days off from, from what he told you before. 172 for the Life Day Treasury. 243 days until Wookiee Life Day. That'll be fun. Also, pa- uh, Mama Bear's birthday. we got to remember that. Yeah. Yeah, we do. <laughs> okay. You said that so <laughs> seriously. Yes, yes, we do. All right, 517 days until Star Wars Celebration in Anaheim, California. And All right. uh, that's really what we have. So yeah. we're here to talk about the women of Star Wars. And, and I, yeah. think, um, I think it's important. We're going we're gonna to mention a number of them. We've got a whole list of, like, we, we kind of went with a, who can we think of off the top of our heads? Um, that's what you name. did. I have a list in my head, but I see the list you wrote down. And I'm like, I don't know that I'd mention a lot of these people. Yeah, well, I just, that's what I said. I just, which <laughs> ones did I mention? So there are some, um, which I'll say right now Chancellor So, Avar yeah, Chris, that's, that's and Keith Trennis. Those are the three I, I know those like, are the three you're talking know. about. Well, um, and Shmi. Well, and Avar Chris has some really, really cool stuff, but we've talked a I lot like, about her lately. I like Avar Chris. So where yeah. did these characters come from, Tim? Where did you drag those names out of? So and that the, the reason that they're on my mind is they're in our recent reads of High Republic books and comic books. Yeah, so most um, fans probably aren't even familiar with these characters, but that's where they nah, come from. But our listeners are. We've been true, talking about them. True, true, true. Yeah. So that's all. I wanted to bring them up, um, but I'm not going to say a lot about them because we've said a lot about them recently, um, and we're really here to talk about some of the bigger names. And I think, um, I honestly, I think, and I didn't go over this with Jim at first, but what I want to do is talk about, um, real quick, a few of the women who aren't necessarily characters um, or who are just involved in Star Wars here in the real world. Like, we'll yep. talk about um, Carrie Fisher when we talk about Princess Leia, but Bryce Dallas Howard is not a character in Star Wars, so we're going to talk about her a little bit mm-hmm. separate. Just So I want to go through the... Uh, I've got four names down here. Um, you can tell me if you can add any to it as we go. Um, so we're going to start with Bryce Dallas Howard. Yeah. She has. I like that you called them the, the meta women. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the, these are the women behind the camera, um, not Mostly. in front of it. Yep. Mostly. Yep. Um, Justin, what we want. I don't, talk I don't about. necessarily mean they're they're operating the camera. I mean like Bryce Dallas Howard is is the she directed multiple episodes of The Mandalorian. Right. Well, and uh, what I mean is I have I have Kelly Marie Tran on our list um, because I want to talk about her in, in the real world, not in the. Uh, okay, the, so she's the, she is that's Fennec Shan. She plays Rose. Rose, who plays yeah. Fennec Shan? Um, she's I'll in Agents of Shield and all that stuff. Anyway, yeah. I think you I didn't put Fennec Shan on the Maybe list, by the way. Oh, I meant to. Okay, that's what that extra space is there. Apparently, I didn't know um, so, uh, Kelly Marie Tran's name, but now I do. But again, yeah. I'm I'm in. You know, I'm on record for saying I don't know much about the the sequel. So, yeah. So, uh, Bryce Dallas Howard. What can you tell us about Bryce Dallas Howard? She, she is the daughter of Ron Howard. Yeah. And she directed Jurassic World, one of those, uh, one of the new remakes of Jurassic Park. I think it was Jurassic World. Uh, I honestly, I don't know that much about the series, but um, um, she starred in she starred in Jurassic World alongside Star Lord. Did she also direct it? Yeah, she also 
or maybe she only started it. But I, mean, I know so she started she, it, but I don't know if she directed it. Or not. She directed the the episode Sanctuary um, for the Mandalorian, which yeah. was the first season. And uh, I, I remember when we talked episode. about it. There is a lot of like really cool imagery in Sanctuary that is kind of reminiscent of, uh, and it's on purpose. I think it's really really cool of uh, of Jurassic, uh, you know, the Jurassic Park series. Uh, the the number one being uh, there's an ATST, you know, stomping through the forest, and it's at night, and the lights are on in the cockpit, so it looks like it's got these two glowing eyes. Uh, it's just a beautiful visual thing, and it very much reminds you of the Tyrannosaurus Rex in Jurassic World, you know, chasing them through the jungles. Um, but yeah, Bryce Dallas Howard, um, uh, shoot, what was the episode she directed this season? It, it, everything she's touched with Mandalorian is, is pure gold. So yeah, It's been great. Can't say enough good things about her job as a director, and, and as an actor... Actor, I mean, I, I guess she's good. Like I said, I'm not that familiar with uh, the Jurassic World series, so. And she did work with uh, Star Lord. You're right. Yep. So. It's so great. obviously, I'm a, I'm a fan of the work she's done. Yeah. Um. um so. And I. Yeah, to her and what she's done for us here. Go ahead. What were you saying? I was gonna say this is not just supposed to. We're not here to be like. Yeah, you know, all women who have done things in Star Wars are amazing. We're we're pointing out some of the ma- amazing things women have done in Star Wars. Um, yeah, there is a and difference. Some of their other um, stuff. I mean, that's the yeah. So um, yeah, I mean, you've got uh, oh, you don't have her on here. I'm. I'm uh, well, you've got what a list is you? I just typed some stuff. Uh, uh the woman who uh, Holdo. You don't have Admiral oh, yeah. Holdo on here. I do not. Good. <laughs> I do not. No, I didn't even. I didn't even. I didn't think about it. Um, and I anyway. go back and forth on her character. Um, I, I guess like her so. Character. I'm gonna. I, I'm. I like her character. I don't know anything she needed to be where she was. I wish we had her somewhere else. She's in the not Star even Wars wearing universe. a uniform, dude. Uh, yeah, I, was, I'm sorry, I wish. Anyway, we're not here yeah, to I bash wish we, on. I wish we had her. The, I wish we had yeah. her somewhere else because I like who her character is. I like what her character did. I don't like when her character was there. It was too. It was too rushed, and then she was gone, and it was sad. Yeah, um, no so backstory. I, no. Yeah, but anyway, we're not here to talk right. about that. Let's talk. Hopefully, we learn. I'd like to learn that later on. Next is uh, next on my list is Deborah Chow. Love and Deborah Chow. I'm super excited about. Um, Deborah Chow had some work, of course, in The Mandalorian again, right? And everything she um, did in the... Well, all of the directors, but um, Deborah Chow did the episode... Um, man, I wish you could remember. She did some of the best. Uh, all of it's good, though. It's so hard to say. Um, but yeah, she's, she's done amazing work on The Mandalorian. Um, chapter if three, the sin, and chapter seven, the reckoning. But she yes, the reckoning. Two. That's what the one yeah. I was thinking of. The reckoning yeah. is fantastic. Um, now, more important than that, yeah, she is in charge of all six episodes of our Obi Wan Kenobi series. That's right. That's right. And oh, I could sweet. Not be that's right. Because about I that. remember. When I found, I heard that, I'd forgotten it, but when I heard that, I was like, wait a minute, what did she do again? She did the reckoning. You know what? Trust. I, I got it. Uh, the, the same kind of vibe. I mean, now Dave Filoni, John Favreau have a longer track record, but Deborah Chow has definitely earned her chops with, uh, with, with The Mandalorian, so that's exciting. Yeah. Right on, right on. Uh, next on my list is 
Kathleen Kennedy, who's dun, in dun, charge dun. of Lucasfilm right now. She's the president of Lucasfilm. Um, Very divisive has... figure among the fans. Yeah, and you know, part of the problem is she's, and it's it is what it is. Um, she yeah. is in charge I, I, of a honestly, company. I just don't know that much what? about her, so I hear all this criticism about her, and I'm like, I, I, I really, I don't chime and, in because I just don't know. Well, exactly, and that's that's I think one of the biggest problems. So it is, it is, you know, kind of on her. She's the president of, of a company, and if people don't like something about that company, they're the only... gonna come, they're gonna come to the top. But that's, that's, I mean, right? I don't that's, want to focus that's on be... negativity, but like, what are the complaints with? I mean, I don't know. Like, I didn't like again. The sequels aren't my favorite. I don't know that I can lay that at the feet of Kathleen Kennedy. And honestly, I'm. I'm with Tim on all Star Wars is good Star Wars. <laughs> like, even bad right, Star that's... Wars is better than no Star Wars. <laughs> well, um, exactly. So, so, I, I'm so not, not anti-sequels. Yeah. The Last Jedi was not super well-received. And because and The Last Jedi was favorite, not... definitely. Right. Yeah. And because it was not as well-received, and and they did make a big mistake in releasing Solo when they did. They were going for the May the 4th or May release, whatever. I get it, but... I like Solo because it was a really lot. so close after the Last Jedi, Solo got a lot of grief and Solo yeah. got a lot of backlash, and people just didn't go watch it and they missed something that's that's actually really good. It um, still it made so, money. It it right. made a profit. So so the I Last wish they'd Jedi make a, a sequel to it. I, I wish they would too. The Last Jedi and Solo um, together and and all of the backlash that people got, they they kind of targeted her. But the reality is, she has been around and been working on movies. For a for for a while, and some major movies. Let me tell you a few movies that she's, you know, had her hands in a little bit. Back yeah. to the Future, nineteen eighty five. Yeah, that 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 goes back. Yeah, Gremlins. Hmm. Remember Gremlins? I do. That's where Baby Grogu made his first appearance. Do you remember the movie Joe versus the Volcano? Uh. Seriously, dude, one of my favorite all-time movies. I own that on DVD, and I bought the streaming copy too, just so I could I wish show I my kids. I would have known that about you. All right, we're gonna watch. That is Joe seriously one of my together. favorite movies of all time. <laughs> That's why I made sure to bring it up. I love that movie. Nice. Jim and I get along okay sometimes. Yeah. Um, that's sweet. I didn't know you were a fan. Like it, it's oh, kind yeah. of a cult classic. It's one a lot of people haven't seen, but it is a truly brilliant and hilarious movie. So Joe oh, versus so Volcano, go find it, go see it. Meg Ryan yeah. in that movie is absolutely fantastic um, yeah. because oh, she plays great. like every major female character in it. Um, and I was watching it with my with my girls because I have two daughters, and I, I'm like, I want you know them to see trying to find mutual ground where we'll enjoy together and i was like this is the perfect movie for that um and it took them a while to figure out i'm like do you know who plays that actress do you know who's playing that character do you know and they and i wouldn't say it and they're like i I can't tell she seems familiar and finally at the end of the movie i'm like that was all meg ryan and they're like oh my gosh anyway yeah great movie so what so kathleen kennedy was involved with joe versus the volcano she's the i love her executive executive producer in each of these movies now Um, i love kathleen executive she was the executive producer of one of the of of one of the most powerful movies, partially because of how well they directed it, and how partially because of just the content itself. Yeah. Um, if you could think of one movie that people will watch, probably only once, but remember it forever. Requiem for just, a Dream. Okay. 
Um, I was talking. That is highly, highly, highly an adult movie, and it is terrifying, and it is the most depressing film ever. And I'm betting it's not the one you meant, but that's one I'm like, you watch that once, and then you're like scarred for life. But it's important. Not the one I meant. Okay. Um, I was talking about uh, Schindler's List. Okay, very similar. Yes, also um, scarring for life, but um, but but yeah, there, wow. Yeah, um, the executive uh, producer with with uh, with exec- uh, with Qui Gon Jinn with Liam Neeson. Yeah. Um, she was executive producer on. I think she had some producing in all four of the Indiana Jones movies. Um, but uh, I don't know if all she was three. executive There's producer. There's only three Indiana Jones movies. Though. Okay, all three. Um, speaking of which, yeah. right after um, Crystal Skull, she was executive producer no, on no. the last Airbender movie. Remember that? Uh, now so, you bring I mean, up the bad and side. Well, and, but so again, she's a gray Jedi. She's got good she's and not, bad. She's not responsible for, for you know, fully responsible. All right, let me tell you about the producer side of it real quick. And I just want to say, because I like mentioning some of these movies because if people haven't watched them, they need to. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to name just a couple more. There's a movie called Hook. There's a movie called Jurassic Park. There's yeah. a movie called Congo. And there's a movie called Twister. Um, each of those movies, especially, I love Hook. Hook's Hook is fantastic. Of movie. all those, so, Hook's the only one that I'm like, that's fantastic. The rest are like, Well, Jurassic okay. Park was fantastic. Yeah, fantastic. It's good. It's not. It's yeah. no Joe versus Volcano. It's no Joe versus Volcano. So, <laughs> I mean, just some um, really, really great stuff. And I know we're spending a lot of time here, but I... I, I think it's to... worth it because, again, she's a very divisive figure, and I've never understood why. Um, and that's the reason I want to do this. So she's the CEO of Disney. Is, is that her official title? She is the president of Lucasfilm. Of Lucasfilm. Okay. Um, yeah. So that in and of itself is kind of a – that's an impressive feat for a female to, you know – if you look at the percentage of, uh, of major Fortune 500 companies run by women – she she's made it up into the upper echelon, and you giving her uh, resume really kind of explains why. Um, yeah. So fantastic! It comes I, down to it, I like um, this. I I'm, like knowing all this. I'm fairly certain that George Lucas actually had a uh, that he was actually responsible for for her moving from the position she wasn't into this one. Like it was it was selected. He by saw Joe versus the, the volcano. Boss. Exactly. It was like no brainer. Exactly. Um, so the last one I've got on here is another one in the in the Star Wars universe that was unfortunately divisive, and that was with Kelly Marie Tran. And you know, one of the things I want to say about Kelly Marie Tran, just to so again, this is Rose. It, she played the Rose, actress who played Rose. Okay, yeah, um, she has she stood up against the the unfortunate onslaught of some of the um, I'm doing hand quotes here fans because. We don't associate the horrible people with. with yeah, we try to avoid all the the negativity. If and you're going to go, I mean, if you're going to go after, so you don't have to like a character at all. You don't have to yeah. like a movie, but if you're going to go after a person in the real world and and just well, be horrible, let's, then let's then, let's be honest. Right. Every so, problem you have that that we have with, well, that I have with Rose, and I have a lot of problems with the character Rose. I have the exact same problems with Anakin and say Attack of the Clones. There's there's writing issues. the The way the character is portrayed is it's right. not the actor, it's it's the writing. Um, and exactly. yeah, so like I don't blame Hayden Christensen for having to say sand. It gets everywhere. It's coarse. It's irritating. But people did. But um, they did. The yeah. Yeah. Yep. And so the they same blame thing her with, uh, for, with Jake Lloyd yeah. was unfortunate. So Kelly Marie Tran has stood up against this. She is still so positive 
Um, we I, I watched some interviews with her in the her new release of the Raya movie, which is available on Disney Plus if you buy the premium, or it'll be available I think June tenth um, for free on Disney Plus included. Um, so that Raya movie just came out, and she's the I think she's the main character. There are two main um, women in it. One is the main woman, and one is a dragon. I think she's the the woman in it. Rawr. But just the the how positive she is, and how up upbeat and and outgoing, and you see her only in this one role, and if well, you actually watch her in some other stuff, it's it's pretty fun. So, um, that's one of the things. Uh, and again, I don't, um, I don't have any interest in ever getting political on this show. Um, <laughs> but um, there is evidence of. Um, some anti-Asian feeling uh, going on in the United States right now. Um, and I'd hate to see that. Well, I hate that that exists, but I do believe it exists. A lot of people are like, I don't think that's true. Um, but I think the news and the statistics are kind of incontrovertible. It does exist. So I don't know if that's one of the reasons why, you know, Kelly Marie Tran might be getting some of the backlash she's getting. Um, I don't know if uh, Ming Na Wen, I think is how it's pronounced, uh, the lady who plays Fennec Shan, has faced similar backlash. But um, I don't know. It's just, it, it's unfair. Uh, bottom line, but it was also like you said, it was unfair to Jake Lloyd that he was, you know, kind of panned because he was a child, and it's unfair to Hayden Christensen that he was panned because he was given terrible dialogue. But I just well, hope he, that they had none to of they had to quickly take him down a horrible path, and it just didn't. It was hard. Yeah, I, I, but I, I just as a personal side note from Jim, not representing our certain point of view, I just hope it's not representative of any sort of anti, you know, Asian American feeling. We had terrible news about something in Atlanta recently and blah, 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 Ginger. And I thought I'd say that because it affected a, a close friend of mine very deeply. And so I, I just want to say, put on record, that, that that's going on and it's out there. And it's not good. Um, yeah. But anyway, well, we're not from, here to, to talk from, news. And from Tim to say that, that we are against any kind of, I mean... We I think we've said it. We are anti hate on here. That's yeah, we're we're like, pro period. people. You, we're you we're positive just, people. Yeah, um, yeah. Except for like, you know my uncle that's Jimmy the, apparently. Right, of course. Except for him. The whole point of, <laughs> of this episode and of our entire show is that, that the whole point of Star Wars is that there are so many people, yes. the characters, and the people out here in our world who are all coming together and building these things that are phenomenal, um, and we just. You know, we we get to experience this, and we get to share this with these people, and see all these things. And um, Star Wars, above uh, above a lot of others, are. It, it, I think it's one of the great things is there's a lot of. Um, I'm going to bring up my own little political thing, but it's not really. <laughs> it's this is not nearly as as serious as what Jim brought up, but there's a lot of talk about the characters in different movies who are being um, portrayed by by specific actors. Um, whether it's of a certain nationality or gender or, or race yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Um, and Star Wars, we don't have to worry about that quite yes. as much. There's no, there's, and there there shouldn't be, I guess I should say, there's such a mix of, of people. Yeah. Honestly, you know, you're, it's more unusual. You're like, oh, that's a Wookiee that's all covered in hair. The, 
not the assume, there's a white yeah. person and a black person and an Asian person. They're just three people standing there, and you really see that yep. in Star Wars. You're like, oh, there's three people in a Wookiee. You don't you don't see that. Um, that there's not that that concern of oh no, yeah. you don't have I, I, representation. And I was, I was... I was kind of busting your chops with Leia and her comments about Chewbacca, but the truth is, oh, yeah. Star Wars is the perfect like example of inclusivity. Um, because yeah, Nine Numb is sitting next to Lando, and like nobody ever even thinks about, well, wait a minute, what sort of species is this guy? It doesn't matter. Um, Except for Geo, things- right? Geode matters. Except that's a rock. rock, dude. That's a rock. Um, that's not. Uh, that's not a sin. Well. I don't know what that is. It's not a sentient being, though. It's not... It doesn't... Okay, whatever. Don't get me started yeah. on Geo. Um, <laughs> but one of the reasons Tim and I agreed to do this podcast together is because I've always liked Tim's core philosophy on what makes Star Wars great. And that is, it is the classic good wins in the end story. Um, no matter how bad it is, and let's face it, Empire Strikes Back is a dark story. I mean, a guy gets his hand cut off, a guy gets frozen in carbonite, an entire planet was blown up in the movie before this. It's dark, but in the end, throughout it all, you always are confident that the good guys will win. And this is what makes Star Wars beautiful. Um, It's why, like, if you're depressed and you're sad and you're lonely... You can sit down and throw on a Star Wars movie or throw on, you know, the Clone Wars or Rebels or whatever, and you're going to feel better about just being. Well, and this, you know, it's funny. This is beautiful. It's, it's, it's like music. Like, it you know, is. Sometimes, and, and I'm, I'm of the type where I typically want, so this is just my, my personal outtake on music. I like more positive music. That's you know, in general. Oh, I'm um, I'm one versus, of those guys who likes to listen to the Cure called you know while balled up in a corner of a dark room crying. But okay, right. And I a really lot am. well, and a lot of people will listen to sad <laughs> songs when they're sad because cry. it's 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 sort of like the music being you know well, feeling empathy for the person. It, like you, get yeah, it expresses your feelings it. in a more eloquent way than you yourself could. Right. So yes. Star Wars is is oddly like that. Like you can watch an episode of Clone Wars where you know it's going to wrap up cleanly, and you're going to be like, "Okay, that was nice." If you know the yeah. show well enough, or you can go back and watch an old episode where you're like, "Oh, this is one where it really bums out." And you know what? I'm in a mood for just to be bummed out too. Like you just want that. Yeah. You can get all of it from Star Wars. At the um, bottom line, Star. And I know I, I'm. I'm sorry. I'm just. I'm just on a ramp. Um, one of my favorite expressions uh, is it, it'll. You know, it'll all be okay in the end. If it's not okay, it's not the end. I love that 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 quote. I love that phrase. And Star Wars embodies that phrase. It'll yeah. all be okay in the end. If it's not okay, it's not the end. When I think they went really direct at it with um with the High Republic books and the new motto, which is, "We are all the Republic." Yeah, I'm not and comfortable I, I with think... that. <laughs> In the same way, I'm not comfortable with Spock saying the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few or the one. I don't like that expression at all. Um, anyway. Well, and, right. Well, that's that's a whole different... That's, that's a, <laughs> Let's that's go back to women. Piece. We are all the Republic is, hey, we're all here together. Let's, we're in it together. Yeah, that's a much together. better phrase than uh, the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few or the one. Do you realize how dark and disturbing that actually is? 
That has been the justification for so many horrific events in history. The Trail of Tears is summarized by the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few or the one. Um, yeah. So I, I've, I've always so hated that. But and I think, anyway, I think are, we, are we done with be, metal I, women? I, I, I want to talk about that part real quick. Hold on a second. Because it's funny, because this actually came up in, in Captain America, in the movie. The needs of the um, many outweigh the needs of the few or the one. If the yeah, sacrifice think, of the few or the one is voluntary, that's one thing. Well, but if you're just doing equations, the intent, then I don't like that. Right, and that's that's people misusing, you know, I, I don't know how, I don't remember how Spock originally meant it. Yeah, he tried I to kill himself inside of a reactor a, core. He intended it as a personal sacrifice, yeah. but people misuse it, and they say, well, you know, what's one life versus... Whatever, and they he say got it in the Avengers. They say Marks, we don't. Dude. <laughs> he says we. He says we don't trade lives. Right. That's what he said. He said we don't trade lives. It's not just where well, one's going, so I, you're going to go. I, I still, I'm terrified we... by that expression. The correct. I know. That's what I'm saying. I'm agreeing with you. Here's yeah. how I would correct that: the needs of the many are equal to the needs of the few or the one. That's how I correct it, because to me, the small minorities are defined by a unique group, a group dis, um, that, that has a unique characteristic, which means the individual is the smallest minority. And if you can protect the individual, you protect all minorities. Um, yeah. this, are we getting yeah. too deep into political I, philosophy here? We are. And it's been, you know, I'm not <laughs> Star Wars, dude. I'm not. I'm not laughing. This all started because I was upset about the whole anti-Asian American thing going on. I know. I'm with you. That's that's, yeah. I I know, and I'm I'm glad runs. Yeah, but but Um, we've probably gone too far down that path. Um, This is okay. This actually brings us. I'm going to bring it right back into where we are. Are we we getting politically Um, minded, and are we caring about our 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 uh, our culture now, Tim? Is that what we're doing? Because of because of the real world, we we got off on this tangent. However. One of the wonderful things about Star Wars is we never had to like we have to in some other shows. Um, we have strong, different women as characters throughout all of the shows and yes, movies we do. in Star Wars. Yes, um, we do. And that's we're going to talk about a few of those. Yeah, so let's. Right now. Are, we, are we ready to move on to the characters as opposed to the you know women behind the scenes or the or the actors playing those women? Yeah, I think so. And All right. you know, for each so of them, we've I see talked your about. List. Yeah. Um, I, I find it fascinating just... that you didn't put number two as number one. I have been thinking about number one. Uh, there's no order. So, well, let's say. It. Think... Uh, so on the list you wrote, you wrote Ahsoka, and then you wrote Leia Organa. Leia or yep. Leia. Uh, now Leia is, oh my gosh, nineteen seventy seven. This is the ultimate, like, feminist and the positive use of the word feminist. Like, a woman who just wants equality with a man, like, for society to treat her as an equal. Leia is the ultimate feminist. Um, I love Leia, um, as everyone should. She, she absolutely was a captured princess in distress. Yeah. Who, who <laughs> did she... not turn out like the storybook. I mean, yes! that's the wonderful thing. Yes! She started out as the as the regular they... storybook. Cap- yeah. I mean, oh, she, she started oh, off a little Obi-Wan defiant, Kenobi. Right? I'm, you're my only hope. I mean, yeah. yeah, but you're right. And then they show up to rescue her. Her first words, literally, you're a little short for us, is to criticize the guy. 
I yeah. love Leia. I love Leia. Yeah. Uh, you know, the yeah, end of the shoot, Flyboy. She takes over that rescue operation from moment one. Um, so that thing, you're and, braver than I thought. I love the yes. in a, in episode well, four. And think about <laughs> this. This talking. was 1977. So this yeah. is not far removed from the, you know, if you know the AMC show Mad Men era, where women genuinely don't have the same rights as men. Um, I mean, legally they do, but culturally they really don't. And Leia's out there just laying down the law. Hey, I'm in charge here. Um, I love yeah. Leia. I absolutely and that love was Leia. The, that's where it started. I mean, that's where it started. Yeah. We had Leia, and then we come to find out not long after... And I'm skipping my list a little bit here, but who's in charge of the entire rebellion at this point? Um, that is a woman named Mon Mothma. Yeah, yeah, and uh, Mon Mothma again. So I don't know if Lucas is just was just really ahead of his time in doing this. I, I mean, yeah, he'd have to be. That in 1977, it, yeah, the the head of this re- rebellion is a female named Mon Mothma. And really, the their best general is a female named Leia Organa. Um, yeah, th- this is this is fantastic, and it's organic, meaning it doesn't feel forced. These women right. don't feel like they were promoted because they were women, and well, we need more women to to, to represent in this. No, th- these are powerful people. Um, there, there's you nothing know, forced me- in this. It makes me think about something else with Star Wars because I see this all the time on some of the forums and, and blog groups and everything. And people are and like, Marvel, well, I think when we George see... Lucas did this, he meant that the women should be in charge and this whole movie is a representation of the, of the women's rights movement. And I'm like, look, you can take Star Wars and interpret it to match so many things, which is a wonderful thing about Star Wars. Um... It doesn't make it that that's his original intent, and I don't know what his intent was um, for the whole thing, but one of the great things about Star Wars is you actually can take it and go, you know, if I relate these characters to to something that happened in the real world, I can find parallels, and you can find those with a lot of pieces. Yeah. Um, that I've found. That's so, right on. Um, but yeah, you'd put Ahsoka first. I think we were talking about Ahsoka when I first made the list. Yeah. No. No. I know this is not listed by like importance or anything. This is just right. you like you know you know throwing Ahsoka's out there like okay different cause... females we want to make sure we mention. Um, yeah. So how do you want to talk now? Because I think I think Leia is the the ultimate female character in in Star Wars because Absolutely. I mean when we talk about the Skywalker saga, she's a Skywalker. Everybody um, respects and, her. Everybody's sad when she's gone. Yeah. Everybody loves her. Um, she, she she is she, she is Poe, in many ways you know, much I mean, better than her twin brother Luke. Um, because Luke goes and hides on an island while Leia actually runs a rebellion. Um, and as awesome as Luke is, I'm not trying to bash on the character of of, of Luke Skywalker, but uh, Leia Organa is much more proactive. Um, she takes the skills she has and she does, she, she works to make the galaxy a better place. She's, she's an inspiring character. Um, and she falls in love with this horrible person, um, which demonstrates (laughs) what a good heart she has. (laughs) Honestly, though, I mean, you look at Harrison Ford when he's like, you know, 30 years old and who wouldn't fall in love with him? 
I mean, yep. Tom Hardy. Jim did. Anyway, that's why we're here talking about Star Wars? Leia Organa. Jim saw Harrison Ford, and yeah, he's gorgeous. Yeah. Uh, all right, so uh, who else do we want to like? Is there? A, did you have a rhyme or reason to how you want to go through these the, these characters? No, and, and we don't even I know necessarily who my go through are. all of them because like Commander Zara is a new one that's just on my mind because she's impressive a one, because of even, comic books. She's impressive, but I, Good, I, I bad don't guy. necessarily like her. Um, um, and well, let's do the let's do like least screen time. Anybody like so Shmi Skywalker. Um, is Anakin's mother. Um, right. And she, I really like her character. Um, hers is a, a I, there's not enough truly there heartbreaking to care about. I, I thought. I mean, other than well, this is, you know, right. Anyway. From a from a parenting point of view, you know, you're you're stuck. You've had a child, and your child is stuck in slavery with you. You freed them, but now they're gone from you forever until. You're captured and tortured and, you know, beaten nearly to death before you see him again. Yeah, she, and then you she go. did not have a good end. So it's a sad story is, is yeah, what I mean. Yeah, Shmi... I don't know what to think um, about Shmi, to be honest. Uh, I, like, I mean, she, yeah. She was a so good the, parent from what we saw. The way that she raised Anakin and the lessons that she worked with and taught him were, were good, and I, I liked that. Yeah, she, um, she raised the Sith Lord, okay. She, well, the... Emperor Palpatine raised a Sith Lord. She she raised a, a good, helpful citizen. Yeah. Um, so Shmi, and speaking of okay. citizens, should yeah. we uh, should we should we try to attack a citizen here? Because she certainly is not a Jedi. Uh, go, uh, Ahsoka. Ahsoka is always in my top three favorite characters. When you know your favorite character is kind of like your favorite song. It depends on your mood. And what you yeah. recently listened to or watched, Ahsoka is always in my top three. Um, uh, so yeah, if you, Ahsoka, I will forever love Ahsoka if for no other reason than she made my young daughter feel empowered. She she made my daughter feel like women can be warriors, women can be strong, um, and women can do anything men can do. And so I will always love the character of Ahsoka. Um, and on top of that, she's just a great character. She's terrifying when she needs to be. She's lighthearted when she you know, feels it. Uh, she's loyal to a fault. She's, uh, she's a great character. So, yeah, Ahsoka, honestly, as far as like characters I care about and I, I love, she ranks above Leia. I just throw Leia out there because she's clearly the top dog on, like, these are the, the females of Star Wars. Right. But Ahsoka, to me, absolutely one of the greatest characters um, of, of Star Wars. Yeah. Um, and, I, you know, you made me think about this when you were talking about your daughter. So we both have daughters who both really enjoy Star Wars. And uh, so I did something for my daughter recently. I think we've talked about it on the show, but she's got a a shelf in her room because I spent a little bit of time collecting some figures and things um, and I've kind of backed off on it now but when I was doing that I wanted to arrange some things and I was going through some boxes and she and I set up a whole actually this episode um, we did this like a year ago a whole women of Star Wars shelf in her room so nice. all the, the figures and pictures and things like nice. that that we had um, for any of the females in Star Wars, she's got a couple of Leia figures and an Ahsoka figure and a, and a 
Sabine is not on my list, but a Sabine figure. They're all yep. Up on her Sabine had a similar impact on my on my daughter. Um, yeah. So for just that same thing of like, look, these are some awesome people. You don't, you know, and it's. I'm never gonna, never gonna force Star Wars on my children. You know, I believe that they should come into it on their own. Um, but <laughs> but if if they want that, then I'm gonna show them. You know, I'm gonna share with them the parts that that I think would would call out to them. Um, I don't think she was, you know, overly attracted to, hey, there's a giant laser weapon that blew up a planet, where my oldest son was like, whoa, there's a giant laser weapon that blew up a planet, and he has a, a Lego Death Star, you know, I, <laughs> I will help them with the things that will, that will appeal to them. Um, <laughs> that's all. So that's, well, that, you yeah, know, I agree with that. you on Sabine. We might as well uh, knock Sabine out now. So Sabine is a Mandalorian. Uh, Good luck. Uh, yeah, exactly. Not, not <laughs> yeah. Uh, Sabine was a Mandalorian who, uh, you know, everything, pretty much everything we know about Sabine comes from the show Rebels. Have you heard of Rebels, Deb? Uh Correction. First of all, Rebels is awesome. Yep. Second of all, Sabine is a Mandalorian. What did I say? Was? You said was. Well, from what I understand, Mandalore was destroyed by Moff Gideon. Well, I know, they're getting the band back together. Um, but anyway, Sabine yeah. was also <laughs> one of these very empowered characters. Um, and this is what I love. Empowered suggests that someone else allows you to get power. And that means you're not truly empowered. There's a, there's a catch-22 here with the term empowered. Um... Sabine just simply is powerful. Uh, she's not empowered. She just is powerful. Um, all these characters fit into that. They, they haven't been empowered. They haven't been allowed to become powerful. They're just powerful. Um, Sabine is an artist. She's a warrior. She she is, ironically, the Renaissance man. You see why that's <laughs> ironic? I do. Because <laughs> in history, we've always called it the Renaissance man. She's the Renaissance yep. woman. She is the warrior poet. She, uh, you know, she can make artwork as beautiful as she can slice through her enemies. Um, I love Sabine. Again, a huge role model for my daughter, and therefore very big in my heart. Um, wow. And once a wielder of the Darksaber. Once wielder of the Darksaber, that's correct. Gave it over to probably who we should talk about next. Who did yeah. she give that thing to? Bo-Katan. So Bo-Katan, again, is a... Now, this is a character we know from uh, Clone Wars. Um, because she was the lead... She was a member of the Night Watch. Um, with, uh, what's his name? Uh, Vigila, Pre-Vigila. When he was leading the Night Watch, which was a group designed to kind of overthrow the government of Mandalore and reestablish the military leadership. But Bo-Katan splits with uh, Pre-Vigila... Uh, when Maul, well, actually, when Previsual is killed, she splits with Maul and creates her own group. Um, were, were they called the Night Owls? I don't I know. So. But they're they're elite warriors, and Bo-Katan rules these people. And she, so she's seen from, um, we got her in, in, in the Clone Wars cartoon, we got her in Rebels, and now we have her in The Mandalorian. So Bo-Katan... And played by one of my favorite actors, um, Katie Sackhoff, who one of our friends had the great honor of getting to meet and hang out with and build a motorcycle for her, Katie Sackhoff. Like, seriously. That's so cool. 
Um, so I, I'm a huge fan of Bo-Katan for the same reason I'm a fan of all these characters. They, they're not empowered by anyone. They just are powerful. Um, so, and Bo-Katan is going to be a huge plot point for the next season of Mandalorian because that guy's got himself in a bit of a quandary with the ownership of the dark saber. Yeah. Yeah. A little Papa bit. Bear thought they'd get married, but I don't think that's where that's going. <laughs> and, you know, since you, uh, since you brought up leadership of uh, Mandalore, uh, who's her sister? Like, her sister is a woman named Satine. Satine. Um, and Satine, so Satine has a lot of qualities that I like to talk about. Satine has, um, Satine is one of the characters who has some of the more uh, uh, gentler. Gentler. Thank you. I, I and I, I don't think there's anything because. Uh, no, Again, it's not a I, bad thing. I'm just trying to. Yeah, find a way I to mentioned say the, the 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 I don't use comment, the word stereotypical. Exactly, I mentioned the yeah. comment Renaissance man. Um, so what we're talking about is there are things that are stereotyped to each gender, um, but right. you got to understand like one aspect of like the Renaissance man is is the poet aspect. Um, so if we're gonna have the Renaissance woman, that also has to be appreciated. Satine was a woman from a warrior race. Who embrace passive uh, passivism? Um, yeah. This that that requires power. This is yeah, not a, the, a move of weakness. Satine was a powerful character. It actually brought up. Um, so first of all, it's it's obviously known that she was in love with Obi Wan Kenobi, and greatly, yeah, have you seen? <laughs> it's, it's it's pretty much um, she she has a implied son. that he yeah. was implied that he was in love with her, and and she does have a son. Um, with a with a reddish, he looks cube. a little bit like Obi Wan. Yeah, and um, Obi Wan so, does pretty much admit to Anakin at one point that he he was in love with Satine. Yeah, and that's um, you know it it gives some depth to his character, but also yep. shows his devotion to the order. Yes, and yes, also he shows ultimately why that kind yep. Of, yep. Um, why the order kind of fell apart. Well, that's it. Um, so the, the other thing that this really brings up to me with Satine, and this is more Star Wars than it is um, women of Star Wars, but it, it kind of makes me think about how unfortunate it is that her society, and of course because they put her in charge of Mandalore, no, Mandalore's not going to stay at peace. It's, it's the Mandalorians. Yeah, it's like, a warrior society. You know, yeah, They were created as It's like, trying to bring badasses. peace to the Vikings is what it is. Um, right. So I do wish that we... It would have been kind of nice to see somewhere a planet that was just that was just at peace, and you know maybe when the separatists came to attack, the republic was able to just fend them off from space, and then radio down and be like you know, you're protected, and then they leave and that planet gets to stay at peace. And I know that that's not what Star Wars is about, but like right. the idea of a planet, just one planet, who who figured it out. And then we're able to avoid the war. Would have been nice to see. <laughs> Just as a positive point. But, you know. But Satine was really great. Um, she she had her beliefs. And she stuck to them. Um, to the end. Yes, she did. But, but she... And, and she was not necessarily wrong in her beliefs. You know, the, the old Mandalorian creed was... Was to not just be at war, but to conquer... Yeah, and she was like, "We don't need to do that. <laughs> yep. like, we don't need to go conquer other places. We've got enough 
Satine definitely is a fascinating character with uh yeah she she is a voice of change um if you know your Native American history, she's a kind of a Tecumseh for the Shawnee people. She's that for the Mandalorians. Um, I'm guessing most people won't get that. But anyway, um, that's awesome. Um, yeah. Anyone else you want to talk about before I get into my people? Um, well, we've got uh, Ray. We're missing Ray. we got to talk about Ray. Yeah. Because um, Ray's a huge part of the Star Wars universe now. She is the the obvious protagonist for the for the prequel or for the sequels. Um, sequels yeah, which is cool. Uh, you know, uh, Ray. I'm not a fan of the sequels. Um, I don't really have much problem with Ray. In fact, one of the most fascinating moments in all of Star Wars is when Ray um, in uh, Rise of Skywalker sees that ship that she thinks has Chewbacca on it and tries to stop it using the Force, ends up using Force Lightning and destroying yeah. it. Um, that is one of the most fascinating moments from like, oh, what does this mean from a from a Jedi yeah. and from a light side, dark side point of view? Rey's clearly powerful. Um, she, she's a great character in that, again power is not given to her she takes power and she becomes you know what she wants or what she becomes i don't know whether or not she wants to um so i like ray that having been said but i'm not a sequels fan (laughs) yeah so the the biggest thing here um with ray you know and and her character and and everything that's seen overall um and i'll mention finn again for a second finn Finn was yeah finn finn again I don't know that his name was Finn again. I think it was just Finn. I think yeah, the gonna Irish mention, in you is coming out, buddy. I'm going to mention Finn again. There you go. There you oh, go. I thought you um, meant so, Finnegan because I got the Irish thing on my brain. No, Hi, it's no. almost St. Patrick's Day. It's it's what's almost a well, year away. All right. Um, <laughs> so there's an implication that Finn is Force-sensitive and can use the Force at the end of Rise of Skywalker. We get right. this, this kind of idea... And we now expect him to kind of become force sensitive, and people are like, "Well, we should have seen him, you know, kind of become a Jedi and train with Rey." Then, and I was like, "Well, it's okay that we didn't." Rey, Rey is the the main Jedi of the story, um, and it's okay for her to be the main Jedi of the story. And then uh, their story will continue. We will start to get books, and hopefully, some maybe an animated series or something later on um, that pushes us forward in their stories. But uh, you know, her overall story was actually pretty well done and and put in place um it was yeah. there were a couple of parts that were a little weird but how she started where she came from it's um, the luke story it's the which means it's the classic uh epic hero story right exactly which is that's good what I mean. which so is that, cool i mean it's a story that's, that's been it's... told a thousand times and it's always good yeah right so it's, it's and, harry and potter story People I, are like, yeah it's a, yeah it's it's the major so they they put that together fine um, yeah, and and obviously Daisy Ridley did a great job. I thought um, she did. Yeah, portraying Ray, uh, the dark Ray that we got to see briefly, who I think is a uh, figure now in the that toys, was spooky. Um, was awesome. I I do the, kind of wish we more, got to see more of that. This will make Tim um, happy. The more I think back on Rise of Skywalker, the more I like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you yeah. need to, and I'm gonna say this because I need to. Say it. You need to watch the full trilogy again. 
No. Um, I and, will. I will. And, you know, I, I think you'll get more out of it. Honestly, I think that I, I mean, having these conversations, even yeah. with someone who, so, and I'm not saying I don't like The Last Jedi, but The Last Jedi is my least favorite of the movies. Yeah. Um, and I know that it's the least favorite of yours. But even yeah. having these conversations, I think, has has made me enjoy it a little bit more. Me too, um, definitely. It doesn't mean that I. It doesn't mean that I don't see the flaws and that they're not still there. Yeah, but you appreciate but, the good stuff more. Yeah, and I think that's where we're getting to. Yeah. Um, faster than people did with the with the prequels when they went through the same thing with the prequels. By the way. All right. So. Um, that's we all of my list except Ray? for one. But well, I know there's one that you. The one that's left on my list is one that I know you want to have some conversation. About. I love Cara Dune. Cara Dune, and too. I hate that that's become controversial. I know. I hate it. Um, Cara Dune is a fantastic character, um, and honestly, Gina Carano was a perfect choice to play her because she's an MMA fighter. Meaning, in her real life, this is a physically talented, imposing. And frankly, terrifying person. Um, I'm a former paratrooper, and I'm quite sure Gina Carano would have no problem ripping my limbs off. Um, <laughs> so I love the physicality of the act of the actor. Um, I love the character Cara Dune. What a great pathos! Let's let's use our, our psychology here too. Uh, what a great pathos to have a survivor of Alderaan fighting for the rebellion. Um, yeah, I love Cara Dune. Um, she she embodied strength, uh, but she you know she's not force enabled. So this is just a person who is strong because she is trained hard. In other words, she's the Batman of Star Wars. Um, you know, this is just a person who's dedicated herself to being stronger, being, you know, powerful. Um, I, I hate that that Gina Carano was let go. And whether you agree with her, disagree with her, whatever, I put that stuff aside. I, like, I mean, there's, like I said in one of our uh, podcasts, there's so many actors, actresses, musicians that I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe they said or did that. I still listen to their stuff. I still watch their movies. Um, well, look at Kevin comedians. Spacey might be the ex exception to that, but in general. Right. Um, That's funny, because I don't like Kevin Spacey either. Well, he was awesome, and, well, was he awesome or... I don't know. Anyway, but, See, but regardless, awesome. I love I the character of Cara Dune. I was very yes. invested in her character, and I wanted to see where that was going. Um, and it's really funny it, how quickly people sided with the with others on the internet, and were yeah. just like, "Well, who cares? I didn't even like Cara Dune." And I was like, "Were you watching the show? <laughs> she was amazing." Um, <laughs> Like, but they just say that. Like, well, I, I didn't need her anyway. I am like you. And I'm not trying to be an apologist for uh, Gina Carano. I I don't like again. I in my mind I separate those things in art from their artist. Uh, the other way around, I guess. The artist from the art. Um, anyway, I I've started a little bit of a social experiment of my own, and that every time, and I'm on multiple uh, you know Star Wars fan sites like like Tim is. 
Um, so whenever they say, who's your favorite character, just to see what the reaction is, I always, and it's not true, but I always put Cara Dune. Because yeah. I want to see how people react. Now, on uh, several Facebook Star Wars groups, I tried to put, because they're like, hey, do you want to submit something? It has to be approved by an admin. I tried to put polls, like, do you think Cara Dune should have been let go? Not, not that Gina Carano should have been let go. Do you think the character Cara Dune should have been you know, dismissed? Um, and no group has ever approved that. And I totally understand why. Same reason you and I wouldn't as the, you know, as the editors of our certain point of view, we don't want to be involved in politics. Um, but I did love her character. Um, it's um, a shame. And it's, it's one of the really weird things here is not only did they, did they, not request Gina Carano to come back, but it seems like they're actively trying to get rid of Cara Dune. Like they're they're going so far with this one, and it might be that the media is pushing it further than than is actually happening. Who knows? But it's talk... such a shame. Well, there, there there's talk of the Lego minifigure not being released anymore, and I'm like, that's a that's it's a ridiculous. Lego figure. Even if they got a new actress, and I'm not saying they should, because I think that. Gina Carano is, is perfect for the part. She, but even if they yeah. had gotten a new actress, the yeah. Lego minifigure wouldn't change much. You know, like like it's yeah. to to remove a character because of the actor. And the whole like yeah. that's that's what makes the whole thing it seem so It misses the whole odd. point, which is a Star Wars is escapism for us. It's in the yeah. same way Shakespeare is. Uh, we, we're using it to take us away from our lives and into another world. Um, and Cara Dune is not Gina Carano. I, I want to see Cara Dune. Um, but anyway, it, you know, and I, 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 again, this will come off as implying that I agree with Gina Carano. Maybe I do, maybe I don't. None of that should matter. Yeah, it's not relevant. Yeah, I, I do care about Cara Dune, a survivor of Alderaan, um, because, like, her... So, officially, what'll probably ever be Cara Dune's last appearance in the Star Wars universe is one of the most powerful in that she's got her blaster. Remember that pilot was holding uh, the Doctor, had a gun to his head, and talking about how he was on the Death Star... And, you know, and how he liked it when Alderaan died. And she shot him. And it's one of the most emotionally charged moments in all of Star Wars. And it's Cara Dune. Um, yeah. And I don't know. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to get and all wee up I will say this. They're here. not, like, pulling, for obvious reasons, they're not pulling Mandalorian episodes. But it's, you know, it, it just comes back to the point. You're talking about the, the art and the artist. This artist belongs in this role. And the reason I say that. There are a lot of actors and actresses. I don't know how well-rounded she would be in in other parts. Um, and yeah, I, I obviously, know. I've only seen her act in this. But but just at a at a first thought, I don't know what the depth of her acting is. Um, and it's really. And I was watching. It was it was Captain America the other day, and Tommy Lee Jones mm. was in it. Right. Yeah, because she's and uh, this what guy was her can other play major role so many playing? parts. She was in Deadpool. Yeah. But I'm sorry, go on. Um, Tommy Lee Jones. Oh, you're fine. So, so Tommy Lee Jones overall can play so many different parts. Guys, awesome. And I just had this thought the other day when I was watching it. And never do I look at it and go, 
Oh man, this just reminds me of when he was this general, or when he was right, this, right, right. You know, um, old guy doing this, or when every he was time this guy he is. Guy. Ian McKellen like, has the same ability. Uh, Christopher Lee had that same ability. You're not like, oh, that's Saruman. No, you're like, either that's Dooku, or if you're watching Lord of the Rings, that's Saruman. You're right. Right, I, I get what you're saying. Um, so it's that it's that kind of a thing, um, and you know, to take her out of this role which is so perfect for her for her yeah the, for the way she portrayed it. this actor um was amazing so it's just it's a shame and again we don't know that there was any more role for Cara Dune in the Mandalorian moving forward cuz she had she was now an, an official marshal of the New Republic back in Navarro so when they're venturing off to likely go to Mandalore she probably wasn't going to have much involvement anyway yeah, maybe but not. Well, I think she was supposed new... to be part of the New Republic. Yeah, she was going to get the new the new show. Yeah, so that yeah. was that's that's the part that's unfortunate. Yeah. Um, but they do that a lot now. You know, they look at for some reason they read social media posts and go, "Oh, we're not going to air this show anymore. We're going to go write a new one." And well, let's read social media for that. Let's talk about Anywho. some females that aren't on this list that I'm like, "What the heck, dude?" And you know who my you're number one go to is. Too. I didn't want to because I, I didn't want to warn you. <laughs> Asajj Ventress. Oh, yeah, we talked about Asajj Ventress. Yeah, we did offline. You and I talked. Asajj Ventress yeah. is one of my most favorite characters. You want to talk about complexity. Um, Asajj has it. If you watch the Clone Wars series, this is a woman who went through hell. Uh, she starts as a night sister, so she's introduced to the yep. Force from basically a dark side, you know, aspect. She becomes the apprentice of Dooku, so she becomes a Sith, is betrayed by Dooku, who tries to have her killed, and she becomes essentially, I don't know, she's she's closer to a gray Jedi than almost anything we've seen, because by the time she her story really arc... She doesn't lose any light side, though. She doesn't, but by the time her dark side, her, her story arc ends, she is not working to hurt people, and oftentimes she is working to help people. Um, and I would say, I think that, just to, just because it's a thought I've had, um, I think that some of that is her coming from a night sister. Yeah. they were utilizing they're, the dark side. They're kind side, of neutral not, in their way. Not Sith. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Asajj Ventress, definitely one of my favorite characters in all of Star Wars. Um, yeah, a powerful so cool. female uh, figure. Leaves one of the most impactful aspects of Star Wars that nobody seems to know about. She is credited with giving Anakin the scar on his eye. Uh, that, that scar that, that cuts through you know just above his eyebrow and below, on his cheek was... Uh, I, I don't remember where or when this was uh, supposed to happen... But Asajj supposedly gave him that. I loved her relationship with Obi-Wan Kenobi. It was very flirtatious and combative at the same time. Um, when I think... Asajj is a great example of femininity and strength combined yes. into one person. Um, and you and I talked about this offline. Oh, she's an alien yeah, species and... and she's gorgeous. She, she does not meet the standard definition of beauty, but I think most people who are attracted to females experience this with Asajj. They're like, there's something very attractive about this character physically, too. And 
she's just an all-around intriguing and amazing character. Well, and she doesn't have, you know, and that's one of the interesting things, is it's, it's an attractiveness that's shown, but it's almost shown through her flirtatiousness and her personality as much as it is, a, like, like there's little things, like proportionally, her, her neck is reasonably longer than... Yeah, she's 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 slightly face. disproportionate. You know, her so her face it, is a bit odd. She's blue. <laughs> she's got no clear, hair, but yeah, she's it, beautiful. It's clear that there's a that there's there's an attractive quality, which is really cool in Star Wars because yeah. you don't see a lot of really. And we talked about this. The only place that you actually see anybody become you know immediately infatuated with a with a woman just based on her looks, which was really not even a woman, it was two kids. It was Anakin and Padme. Right. Because right? she was 14. Um, he was Where he's four. like, are you an angel? <laughs> he was, he was nine, kidding. but yeah. Yeah. I know. Um, but but they don't they don't push that in Star Wars, which is amazing. Yeah. Um, I love that, too. And, there's, but there's you can a still kind of, of see it. Yeah. You know there's an, an attractive quality, but for everybody in Star Wars, any any relationships that you see formed... Are all formed over time, yeah, um, and they're formed through through a relationship with personality, and not just a oh, that's a that's a good looking woman, and now we're in love, and you know like they're after her. The only one that was after her was Anakin. Um, yeah, the rest of them, you know, they really developed these things, and it kind of worked that way with actually it worked that way exactly with Asajj. We find out in uh, in the book later on. And I know that yep. uh, we're going to bring up disciples. one of your favorite characters of all time. Yeah, yeah. Quinlan Vos. Um, Quinlan Vos. Um, we we like to call uh, we like to call him Jimlin Vos. <laughs> Quinn, Surfer Jim dude. Voss. What's up, man? I'm totally a force wielder. Like I'm a Jedi, right? I don't. Hey, care you know for what? Asajj liked it. Not right away. She did. Yeah. But a uh, spoiler. Sorry. Um, yeah. For but, the book, but Dark over time. Disciple. Yeah. They uh they developed a, you know they no. kind of developed a relationship and and it but it but it still worked over time it still was not a obviously there was an attractiveness to her, and there is uh, you know obviously to to any of these women on the that we've talked about well, but but yeah. Star Wars doesn't yeah, put true. that focus on that you know when yeah. when our daughters are watching it they're not going oh I wish well, I was and I would say pretty Satine, like her so they'd think I was pretty like that, her but. That's not actually... I don't think that's actually true of, like, Satine... Well, I guess it's Satine and Ahsoka. Maybe it is. Maybe it's my age that plays into it. Like, I don't see them as, like, attractive females. I see them as empowered young women. But that well, might be I'm because saying. they're closer in age, like, when we meet them to my children. Um, so, yeah, I see what you're saying. I would add yeah, this they're about not, Asajj. They're not, intro- they're not introduced as... They're not introduced as look at this beautiful pretty character. woman that we, and we know. We They're talked about this offline. This is not unique to the female characters. Uh, the, the I mean, the men are also you know it's it's just entertainment in general. Han Solo is who he is because partially he's an extremely handsome man. Lando's a handsome man. You know these are so this is not unique to you the and, female you and characters. You and McGregor is a darned handsome man. Hayden Christensen's a good-looking guy. I mean, yeah, this is just Hollywood. Um, it's yeah. part of storytelling. 
I would say this about Asajj, though, to finish up the Asajj story. Yeah, keep going. Um, awesome. When she is betrayed by the Sith, the Sith not only try to kill her, Dooku tries to kill her, um, eventually succeeds, um, but also kills off her entire family, which is to say the Night Sisters. Um, kills off the sisterhood. Uh, so this leaves her basically anchorless. And this is what leads her to almost like that gray Jedi kind of ex existence, where she's still a force yielder with no allegiance. And when um, when uh, uh, Ahsoka comes to her towards the end of the uh, Clone Wars series, Asajj is kind of willing to help Ahsoka. Um, she helps Obi-Wan Kenobi at one point to fight uh, Maul and his brother Savage Press. Uh, I love yeah. the character... Um, the other person that Asajj comes in contact with at the end is one of the other females I want to bring up that's not on your list, who's one of my all-time favorites, and you left her off. You talking about Mother Towson? No. Holy cow, what a great one, though. How did we both <laughs> avoid that? Mother Towson, we need to... This one that was out of the way to not make her attractive. Tim, in all seriousness, we need to dedicate, I think, an entire episode of our certain point of view to Mother Talzin. Um, there's a lot to be said. We could do a said. Night Sisters episode for sure. Yeah, um, there's a lot to be said right. about how the forces so, used throughout the galaxy with all right, her. So let's let's leave her out of this one then, and we'll we'll go to the who's who's next on your list. Barris Ophie. Barris is the one who who takes Asajj's. Uh, she defeats Asajj because basically she you know. Sneaks up on her, um, takes yeah. her uh, her. Uh, you know, she she carries two red uh, lightsabers, two Sith lightsabers. Barris uses these to disguise herself as Asajj to to do all the stuff against the Jedi Temple. Uh, basically, trying to get Asajj blamed for it. Barris is one of my all time. And if you're if you're a fan of this podcast, you know this. Barris really is one of my favorite characters. She adds a level of depth to the storytelling that we see from almost none of the other characters. She points out every single flaw in the Jedi Order, and she's right. Now, her reactions are wrong. <laughs> to kill innocent people, wrong. Bad Barris. But her criticisms of the Jedi Order are dead on. And I love that this is brought up by basically like a 16-year-old girl. Um, and her master, Luminara Unduli, uh, also female, huge, like, so much could be said about both of these characters, about how awesome and terrible they are at the same time. And I don't mean terrible in, like, what a bad character. I mean terrible in the true sense of the word. Like, when they're bad, they're really bad. Um, and Barris, when she goes bad, she goes really bad. Um, so, yeah, these are both, th these are the females I also want to bring up. Barris-Sophie, I think, is a, a hugely tr transformative figure in the the end of the Republic. Um, and Luminara Unduli is the one who trained her, and she trained her with such a military set, mindset that Barris is pretty much doomed to see things in terms of calculations, and like military calculations, and come to the conclusion she comes to. Um, I love that. I love the complexity of these characters. That's my rant. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, that's. I mean, I get it. So those are my um, female I've got characters. A, I've got uh, just a couple of others to talk about real quick, and I, I think we're yeah, getting pretty you close added to wrapping a big up. one on there. 
Yeah, so well, I'm going to try to go in, a, ones, in yeah. the correct order here. Um, so I, I want to mention them, and I really um, like these characters, but there's just there are so many to talk about. Um, so we're not going to go into too much depth here, but we have Kira, um, who who shows a whole other side of character um, because of the way she she kind of gets herself. I don't know. We don't know how she comes to any kind of power um, at the Did beginning of this, but then Kira. Oh, Kira. I'm Kira. Sorry. I'm at the bottom of my list. Yeah. Okay. How she comes to any kind of power, but she she certainly um, takes power when it's time, and then she decides she is going to keep power. Um, I, for one, am happy that Kira is not force sensitive. Um, Wait a minute. I got a question that's going to upset you. Yeah. Who's Kira? Kira is the love interest in Solo. Oh, yeah. I would be very curious to know what happens with her. Because yeah. the last we um, see of her, just, she's basically just, making a deal yeah. with Maul. You, you just want to see more Maul. Um, yeah, okay. And, and me too. <laughs> Fair enough. But So Kira is, uh, like uh, like I said, I'm really glad she's not Force-sensitive, because that'd be, that'd be some scary stuff. Yeah. Um, Jyn Erso... Jenner's is a big one. Is a is is an interesting character. Um, wow. there's a lot uh, yeah, kind of going on there. We left, she, I left her out of my list. Yeah, Jenner's yeah, is huge. She's a she's one of my she's, favorites. She's a uh, she fought with them for a while, but then decided that it wasn't for her, basically, um, and and didn't here's, come back. Here's the thing: I love Rogue One. I think in a lot of ways it might be the best. This is like this is pure sacrilege, and in in a purely movie making sort of way, it might be the best Star Wars movie. I think it's emotionally the most powerful. Um, I think it has the most real feel to it. Um, and Jyn Erso, her final moments in that movie are some of the most powerful moments in in Star Wars. I've often described Rogue One as uh, it's saving Private Ryan in outer space. Um, Jyn Erso is amazing. Yeah. So I I have some agreements and disagreements to that, and they don't matter to this conversation. Okay. But (laughs) I will tell people, um, when when they talk about how to watch Star Wars in order, and they want to watch all of the movies... Um, I've actually made some of the suggestion to some of them. I said, you know, if you really want to start with the original trilogy, you can. Um, I don't recommend... Uh, this is just me, and I know that some people have... Uh, some people swear by chronological order, some people swear by release order. Um, I start with Rogue One. Rogue One is a is a good lead-in movie. Yeah. Um, it does have a, a dark ending, yes, but if you jump does. right into episode four... Rogue One does a really good job of taking a very modern feel, a, a very modern movie, but still giving a little bit of that old 70s, 80s Star Wars movie feel, um, so you can transition into it. I think that transitioning, and I've never seen it for the first time in chronological order, right? Like, I can never go back and see Star Wars for right. the first time yeah. again. Um, but I can't imagine watching the flashiness of episodes 1, 2, and 3, and then watching episode four. I feel yeah. like episode four would feel like it was dragging, and it's not. No, but it's not no. that fast-paced movie. So, Rogue One, I think, is a good lead into that. It's so fast, and you kind of see these characters, but they doesn't. Nothing is spoiled um, except that they know that there's a Death Star that can destroy things. But you find that out pretty quick in in episode four. So, anyway, yeah. 
Um, the next one that I have is Depa Balaba, um, and I've I've gushed over Depa Balaba before. This is solely based on the comic books Kanan. Right. Um, she appears in the movie um, in Attack of the Clones or A New Hope. Uh, not A New I was Hope. Tell you, Tim, nobody Phantom knows who that is. Um, Depa <laughs> Balaba is uh, is or was Kanan's master when he was a yeah when he was a Padawan. Um, and she's she's so cool in the comic book. You you really have to read it. I can't even explain it. Just one issue of her, one and a half issues of her, is enough to to really like this character. Yeah. Um, and then the last one, and Jim, I know that you forgot to write this down too, but I added it in there. I'm gonna let you take over for this one. Maz Kanata. I it. No, not Maz Kanata. <laughs> Who deserves uh, definitely a mention? But Hera Harrison Dooley. Um, Sindula. Well, we should have. Um, yeah. What? Hera is awesome. I love uh, her character. And first of all, you know, we get to really know her in the show Rebels, but she's mentioned in Rogue. Uh, well, the ghost is in Rogue One. Um, she's mentioned in Rogue One, and she where they say General Sindula, please report to blah blah blah. Um, so Hera's a, a major character. She's she's awesome. I don't know what you want me to say because you're the Rebels guy, but, I mean, I love her. Um, I love the relationship she has with Kanan. Um, Hera kind of embodies all the best parts of the Rebellion, um, even more so maybe in some ways than Leia, because while Leia is awesome and leader and pushes forward, Leia does... She's a little rough around the edges with people. And we saw this in the Force War comics we were talking about the other day, where she's like, well, we're going to risk Lobot's life. Hera has a humanity about her that is just absolutely beautiful. Um, I love Hera. Um, so I don't know if that's if you were trying I, I, to get no. me to talk about Hera, but no, that's, I just that's did. It. So Hera's one of the best uh, pilots that we have. Hera's... Yep. She's, she's so incredibly smart. She's... I've got to say she's a, a strategist. Um, I, I think that she's earned that label as well, especially well, as we a know she becomes with, General Hera. Yeah, yeah. I mean, especially as a as a partnership with with Kanan and the stuff that they do. Um, and these two are another perfect example of two characters that over time, you know, people are not meant to. This is this is our uh, this is our our love episode here. People are not meant to hate. People I'm are supposed them. to. People are, are built to, to love each other. And, you know, these two characters spend a ton of time together and obviously over time develop a relationship. They avoid the relationship for a long time. Yeah. Um, I don't know if part of that is Kanan's, you know, Jedi teachings, if part of that is that she's, you know, kind of the, the captain of the ship and he's, yeah. he's and there with her. Yeah, and it's war and it's dangerous to fall in love. Right, like there are all these different yeah. components, but but that's they get to a point where they like they can't help it. Doesn't matter that she's not human. Um, they have a baby. Yeah, they do, and uh, so it's it's just another cool aspect and something that's that's just. I, I mean, and she's she's when <laughs> she's a mom. Prior to, uh, prior to having a kid. Like yeah, she is kind of the like mom on figure. the ship. Yeah, because yeah, they they still they still treat them as much as they are in leadership roles. Yeah, they are a family on the ship in Rebels. They really yeah. Um, and she's 
and they actually I, I mean they really designed it that way um you know the brothers that are always bickering and fighting with each other and the sister who like tries to avoid them but kind of gets involved and uh, you know they're crazy aggressive dog chopper or whatever <laughs> i love chopper <laughs> um but she is and it's just she's got a cool leadership style and she's she's definitely a really really well-written character and i I like it a lot. I'm kind of glad we ended with Hera. Like she's a she's a good yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. So, yeah, man. There you have it. That's our uh, chat about some of the some of the women in Star Wars. Yeah, um, and obviously there are a lot more. And some of y'all might want to use our little audio message system. Huh? So again, check at the bottom of your show notes for a link. Click on it. It'll ask you to leave a message um, to maybe mention some of the females that we might have forgotten. Um, and I, I know there are many because just in the course of our conversation, we've come up with quite a few. Um, but yeah, feel free to do that. Tim, what are we talking about next week? I have no idea. You don't know either, do you? I just totally put you on the spot, didn't I? Star Wars. I will guarantee we will talk about Star Wars at some point. And probably my uncle and probably Jonathan Taylor Thomas, because these are just things we talk about on the show. Um, we might even bring up... No, nah, that's pretty much it. Um, all right. Ah, so Joe Papa Bear talking. <laughs> that's a good one. Ah, Joe Papa Bear talking. He wanted you to have this with your old enough. All right, so next week, tune in. Actually, next Wednesday, tune in. What are we covering on Wednesday's uh, Four Sword Comics? Wednesday, I think we have Bounty, Bounty Hunters? Hunters issue yeah. number 10. Right on, right on, right on. So again, I and Tim was uh, kind of taking care of uh, baby stuff, but um, Four Sword Comics are really awesome if you are like me and you want to know all the backstories of Star Wars but maybe don't have time to read all the comics or watch all the stuff. This is one of the reasons I fell in love with uh, Star Wars podcasts in general is because I could know my Star Wars but even when I didn't have time to dedicate to my Star Wars. Um, so, Force War Comics, so next Wednesday we're going to talk about Bounty Hunters. Maybe even give us some um, insight, and I'm, I'm totally guessing, I don't know, I haven't read it yet, um, as to why Boba Fett, when he gets hold of Han Solo, does not go directly to Jabba the Hutt with him. Huh, that's my guess. Tim, I think, already knows the answer. But I guess we'll find out. This has been a very, very, very long episode, Tim. Yeah, it's good times. Yeah, I've enjoyed it. Um, so join us next week. Uh, we'll talk about some Star Wars. And join us next Wednesday to talk about uh, the Bounty Hunter Wars, which that's already awesome just saying that. Um, in Bounty the meantime... Hunter Wars comes out. That's not happening yet. It's just Say that again? Bounty Hunter comic. The Bounty Hunter Wars is an arc coming out soon. That's not Ooh. happening yet. Ooh. All right, well, in the meantime, that's it. So uh, this has been... Ours. Ours. Certain, Certain point, of, point view. of view. Uh, we have spoken. I'm Tim. I'm Jim. This is now the way. Spoken. This is the way. Um, remember, <laughs> remember, the force will be with you. Always. Always. And also, and, with, you. And also with you. And uh, if you break it, you buy it. <laughs> the needs of the many are important, and so are the needs of the few. The, and the, the, one. the needs of the many are equal to the needs of the few or the one. Audio one.